This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I am Courtney Eck. And it's Courtney's day to tell you a story. It is. And this is a story that I started to write for Patreon. And then I was like, wow, this is a really important story for the whole world to hear. So mm. shifted that little babe right on over to the main feed. This terrible tale that you all need to learn, especially if your parents, especially if your parents of teenagers or in any proximity to teenagers or children of any kind. <laughs> this is the heinous murder of Nicole Lovell. Sounds like my nightmare already. Yeah, strap in, guys. It's terrible. It's really fucking weird. And it doesn't make any sense. So in 2016, 13-year-old Nicole Lovell lived with her mom, Tammy, and her grandparents in Blacksburg, Virginia. She was a fun-loving young woman who loved pandas, singing and dancing, (laughs) and spending time on social media like every teen in America. I think it's a really specific person that loves pandas. God, I love pandas. Pandas. Yeah. Laura, my wife, I mean, I love pandas, but she really cannot get enough of the videos of the women trying to sweep the panda pens in Japan (laughs) and the pandas keep getting in the leaf basket. Yes. (laughs) So cute. So cute. On the morning of January 27th, Tammy went to wake up Nicole. And when she attempted to push the door open, She was met with resistance as Nicole's nightstand had been pushed up against the door. Mm, That's awful. Yeah. Once she was able to get into Nicole's room, she learned that her daughter was nowhere to be found, and it looked like she'd climbed out of her bedroom window sometime in the night. Her cell phone and her favorite minion blanket were also missing. Mm. Tammy immediately tried calling Nicole's phone, but every time she called, it went straight to voicemail. She called police, who also brought in the FBI, to aid in the search for the 13-year-old. Tammy also started searching the neighborhood and talking to all of their neighbors and friends to see if anyone had seen or heard from her daughter. What part of the country are we in? Blacksburg, Virginia. She spoke to a neighbor who said that her daughters had been playing with Nicole recently, and Nicole had told them that she was going to sneak out to go on a date with someone named David. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the chills down your freaking spine if your 13-year-old was like, oh, I got a hot date tonight. I'm going to sneak out of the window and go find this random guy named David. No, I would, uh, no, I would puke. More than 1,200 people gathered to search for Nicole, and there was an increased sense of urgency to find her 
as she had to take medication every day to stay alive. Nicole was born in 2003 and had a liver condition that required her to get a transplant when she was still an infant. And she, I know she had to take anti-rejection medication to keep her liver functioning and healthy in her body. The operation left visible scars on her neck and stomach, which she claimed kids bullied her about at school. And Tammy claimed she would do anything to avoid attending school and especially hated participating in gym. Mm. Same, Nicole, same. My nine-year-old just this morning was crying because he had gym and they were having some timed test running thing. And uh, it's like, why do we do this to kids? Just make them hate physical activity. He's not much of a runner. And I was like, you know what? There's going to be plenty of other things that you're you're already very good at, but oh god, I feel that pain. So having much. to change. Yep, being thirteen, I, all of it, being bullied, having, and it is it kind of looked like a you know when people have you've seen the scars kind of at the base mm-hmm. of the neck for various things. It's that scar. It's super obvious. No big right. deal. Lots of people have them, but when you're thirteen, you might as well have like nine noses. You know exactly. Yeah. So Nicole's social media posts illustrated her struggles, and she posted a lot about feeling sad and alone and sometimes ending her life. Nicole also had a difficult relationship with her father, David, who had several run-ins with the law throughout his life and served jail time for drug charges at one point. And if you see Nicole's social media posts, it does seem very much like just wants attention. Mm -hmm. Just like lots of her, I'm sad, nobody loves me, you know. Mm-hmm. Real sweet and real lonely. Not a lot of likes or comments or not getting the things that she's hoping she'll get out of the yeah. out of the posts. So David left Tammy, Nicole's mother, when she was still pregnant and openly admits that he regrets not being more available for Nicole as she was growing up. Tammy said that Nicole was desperate for more of David's love and attention and feels that she used social media to try to find some of the love she craved so desperately. Both Tammy and David made public pleas for Nicole to reach out and come home to them and express that she wasn't in trouble. They just wanted her home and safe. Investigators searched through her room for any clues of who she had snuck out to meet that night, and they found a list of usernames and passwords that she had written on her bedroom wall. The FBI were able to analyze her online history and determine that she was a regular user of the social media app Kick which is a chat app that doesn't require users, quote, to provide verified personal information and users don't have to be friends with other users to strike up a conversation. Mm, that's problematic for Big time. Big, yeah. big time. What's it so, called again? Step? Kick. Kick. Oh, kick. K-I-K. Okay. Yeah. So anyone could be speaking with anyone at any time. You just mm. they, they don't even have to verify their personal information. Which is terrifying. Yeah, I've never even heard of it. I hadn't either. And I'm like, I feel like I'm real hip to the apps, but mm-hmm. if I haven't even heard about it. No, I've never never heard that word in my life, which felt kind of weird. But apparently it's really popular. We are old. Turns out Sadie. Sadie. <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> Tammy said that she had made Nicole delete the app at one point in the past. But then Nicole had, of course, reinstalled it without her mother knowing. The FBI requested emergency access to Nicole's Kick account and found that in the two days leading up to her disappearance, Nicole had been chatting with someone with the username Dr. Tombstone. Hmm. Not a good, not an encouraging no. username. 
they were able to trace the username to a young man named David Eisenhower, who was a freshman studying engineering at nearby Virginia Tech. Eisenhower had also been a track and field star in high school who got straight A's and was well-known and well-liked by his peers. Despite being an unlikely suspect in the abduction of a 13-year-old girl, police immediately arrested Eisenhower for felony abduction and brought him in for questioning. Well, they weren't fucking around. No. This thing wrapped up real fast. Mm -hmm. Eisenhower's roommate walked in as police were in their dorm collecting him to take him to the station, and his roommate claimed that Eisenhower had been acting strangely on the night Nicole was taken, that he had put on boots before he'd gone out, which had struck the roommate as weird because the weather didn't call for them, and that he'd returned home around 2 a.m. He said that Eisenhower also kept a knife on his desk in the dorm, but it was missing when the police arrived. Police interviewed Eisenhower, who said, quote, I believe the truth can set me free and then told them that he had an accomplice in Nicole's abduction and named fellow Virginia Tech freshman, 19-year-old Natalie Keepers. Keepers was also studying engineering and hoped to follow in the footsteps of her father, who worked for NASA. Police brought Keepers in for questioning about why she and her classmate had abducted a young girl that had no connection to them whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, and you like photos of these kids, Eisenhower's like, just a fresh-faced every every boy, you know, like right, all American, so all American engineering, yeah, student, yeah. Same with Nicole with Natalie Keepers. She's just curly, long curly hair, kind of sweet face. I mean, shocking. It's so yeah. strange. Quote: Keepers volunteered her cell phone during the interview, and at twelve forty-five p.m., admitted to helping Eisenhower move and dispose of Lovell's body. No. It was the first time police had confirmation of Lovell's death. Keepers did not admit to being present at the murder, but admitted to helping plan it and then helped dispose of the body and told them where she and Eisenhower had purchased cleaning supplies to clean up after the fact. Why? She then spent the afternoon preparing a written statement and offered to lead police to where she and Eisenhower had disposed of Nicole's body. They found her remains 90 miles away in North Carolina. She was nude and had been stabbed 14 times. Oh, my God. Including a fatal wound to her neck. Quote, based on the evidence collected to date, investigators had determined that Eisenhower and Nicole were acquainted prior to her disappearance. A Blacksburg Police Department press release stated, Eisenhower used this relationship to his advantage to abduct the 13-year-old and then kill her. <laughs> Keepers helped Eisenhower dispose of Nicole's body. So Keepers told police that she had met Eisenhower in the summer of 2015, and the two had had a fling, which had turned into a best friendship by the beginning of their freshman year. Keepers claimed that Eisenhower continued to attend high school parties once they were in college, and that he met Nicole at one of those parties. According to Keepers, Eisenhower said that he didn't remember what happened at that party, but his friends told him he'd made out with Nicole that night. So mm -hmm. Eisenhower went to a, a high school party. 13-year-old Nicole was there, apparently. And Eisenhower claims he doesn't remember, but that his friends were like, yeah, you're totally making out with that girl. Yeah. Quote, Eisenhower later told Keepers that he awoke the next morning in a ditch and was worried that he'd had sex with Lovell. Mm. 
But according to everyone who knew him, Eisenhower was a non-drinker. So his story about getting blacked out seemed false. Yeah. Quote, he's the type of person that can't even drink a beer without grimacing, said one of Eisenhower's teammates on the Virginia Tech cross-country team. The quote continues, he was a chronic liar. It just came like second nature, but it was never over anything big. It was just like dumb stuff, the teammate said. There's one story in particular that was a big joke until everything happened. He was on a cruise ship and ordered an orange juice or something, and he got like straight vodka is what he said. He just drank a full cup of vodka without even noticing it was vodka. Mm, gross. He'd, he'd tell a story like that. We'd yeah. catch him a lot and call him out on it. He would just fumble around and try to fix it. I don't know. It was just something funny. By funny, you mean attention-seeking. Mm-hmm. And, and lying. Lying. <laughs> and narcissism. God, we've all, we all know those friends Ugh. at that time. Just constant, constant, constant lying. Especially when you're that age. When I was in high school, I had a best friend that was a constant liar. And you just don't even know what to do with it. No. And it feels innocent. It's weird, but it feels innocent. And I think a lot of the times it is. It's just attention seeking. But once you're like 16, 17, 19, it's like, I don't know, man. Keepers also told police that Eisenhower confided in her that he was afraid Nicole might be pregnant around four weeks before her kidnapping. Oh, God. Keepers claimed that Eisenhower was alone with Nicole when he murdered her, but he denied these claims. When detectives asked Keepers why she'd helped her friend with such a reprehensible act, she said that she was, quote, part of a secret club and that it was, quote, the best club ever because he understood her. Mm. She said that he was a, quote, sociopath and described herself as a sociopath in training. Oh, no. Yeah. To know it. Like, she's just fully on board. Oh, yeah. No, she wants to be bad. She wants to be the baddie with her weird bestie. No. Keepers and Eisenhower appeared at their preliminary hearing in May of 2016, and the detective who interviewed Keepers reported that the two had started planning the murder around a week after they'd returned to campus after their winter break. He reported that they, quote, discussed different ways to kill Lovell, including drugging her, making it look like a suicide, or making it look like she died of exposure to the elements. Mm-mm. Quote, Eisenhower's preference was to knock her out in the car and let her die from exposure to the elements. But if that didn't work out, he would cut her throat. Keepers claimed that she thought their plans had just been a fantasy that they were sharing. The FBI was able to extract an instant message conversation between the two of them after the murder that said things like, quote, I smell of cleaning supplies. Mm. Same, Eisenhower replied. I'm so tired from this week. Like, holy shit, read another text from Keeper's account. I guess we figured out how people commit mass murder now, read another message from Eisenhower. The casualness of it is disgusting. Same. They continued to discuss, quote, as long as nobody finds the body for a week and, quote, doing overkill, but that's good. So... Eisenhower saying, yeah, we we did overkill, so everyone will assume it was personal. You know, it wasn't right. a, a random act, and hopefully they don't find the body so it decomposes and all these things. Right. 
In another message, Keepers mentions the weather, quote, also high is 36, and, quote, the smell will be masked longer. Mm. So, since it was so cold. Right. Quote, during interviews with police, Keepers went on to give a detailed description of what they did, including how they got in his car on January 27th, powered their cell phones off, and drove to Craig Creek Road after Eisenhower killed Lovell because he was concerned they needed to move Lovell's body because of the media attention in the case. Keepers told investigators she'd never met Lovell before she saw her body, partially covered by snow. The spot, one detective testified, was not Keeper's choice. She wanted, quote, a more secluded location with no streetlights or houses. He continued, quote, the two removed the body, dragged her down a hill and put her in the trunk, having to force her body in the trunk when other vehicles drove by. <laughs> the two then headed south, pulled off onto a secluded area once they were into Surrey County, North Carolina, and removed the body. Eisenhower, keepers told investigators, removed Lovell's clothing and wiped down her body with wipes. Eisenhower tried to push the body over an embankment and left it with no effort to conceal her. Wow. We were just like, all right, but not this, like, done. Yeah. Tired. Yep. This is too hard. Yep. You wipe her down. Okay, Ugh. boosh, let's go. The original plan the detective testified was to bury the body on Eisenhower's grandparents' property. The two then left to return to Blacksburg using a Garmin GPS until they were in a familiar area, and then they powered off the device. According to the detective, keepers led them to a Dublin McDonald's, where they then disposed of bloody clothes in a dumpster, used the restroom, washed their hands, and bought a drink. That Thursday, Eisenhower and keepers met at a campus laundromat to wash the clothes they wore the night before using a hokey passport account to pay. Mm. They went to West Virginia, where they pulled off a dirt road to throw some of Lovell's belongings, including her boots, into the New River. So Eisenhower, on the other hand, claimed that he'd been messaging with Nicole on Facebook and kick, but thought she was 16 or 17. He said that she'd told him she'd had a hard life and that he felt a connection with her because he'd been physically abused growing up. He said that he'd made a plan to meet her that night, but when he arrived, he saw, quote, someone who was maybe 11 years old climb out of the window and thought, uh-uh, not for me. Mm. He eventually took off without her, and he claimed there was nothing sexual to their relationship. And Nicole was a very baby-faced girl, so... But we know that he, his friend said that he'd already met her, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, according to him. So that's the thing. You know, this kid's a sociopath, obviously. And, and a known pathological liar. Yes. So yeah. I don't actually know. And I started, I found this case on a 48 hours. So I was like, sweet, 48 hours is pretty reliable. No. no. <laughs> I do not recommend watching the 48 hours on the Nicole Lovell case. It doesn't make any sense. And so I just, I jumped out of there pretty quickly because... Mm -hmm. They were like, and then they found her body three days later. And then they did it. You know, I was like, how, yeah. how, what? And right. then I found probably the most sources I've ever used for any case. But I don't actually know. And I looked to see if he has spoken out after the fact, because he definitely seems like somebody who likes attention. So I was hoping mm -hmm. there would be some blog or something that he's written, but there's not. So we can talk about it more after. But I think he was just, 
a predator. I think he found her. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. Whether or not they ever met up, had sex, anything like that, Doesn't I don't know. Matter. I think he was using that as an excuse to get his best friend to help him kill some random girl on the internet. Right, right. So I don't think they ever made out at a party. I don't think any of that's true. I think that's just okay. what he was telling um, Natalie Keepers to get her Got it. to help him. Yep. The pregnancy story, all of yes. that. Okay. Yep. Got it. So it's all lying. He's lying to her. He's lying to the police now. He's lying I think so. and lying and lying. Okay. Yep. I was not able to confirm that, but I think so. Yeah. Because I couldn't find any testimony from anyone at that party, if there was even mm, a party. Right. Okay. And all the testimony I ever found was, like, I think I took it out because it didn't seem that important or strong, but like another gaming friend, an online gaming friend who they would game and chat. And that friend said that he was like, oh, I think I'm, I, I made out with this girl or I had sex with this mm-hmm. girl. And then I just found out she's underage. Or I think he even said, I've just been talking to her online for months and I just found out she's underage. And I'm worried that it's going to come out that I've been dating this underage girl. And the friend was like, just ignore her, just ghost her. She'll go away. You know, stuff like that. Right. Right. But okay. he was, he was planting the seed around around to see who would bite, basically, it seems like. So on top of Keeper's very damning testimony, Nicole's blood was found multiple places in Eisenhower's SUV. His DNA was found under her fingernails. His computer history had internet searches that included, quote, knockout drugs and how long does it take to burn a body. Nicole's minion blanket was found in Keeper's dorm closet and surveillance footage of Eisenhower and Keeper's buying a shovel at Walmart before the murder was all presented at trial. She had a minion blanket. She is a child. She's a baby. She's a little baby. She's just a little baby who wanted love. Little sweet girl wanted to dance and be on social media and be pretty, be liked. It breaks my fucking heart. Yeah. And some random kids, some random other kids. Like, I don't know a whole lot about Natalie Keepers, but it really, my gut in my body tells me that Natalie Keepers was the apath in the empath, apath, Mm -hmm. sociopath triangle. Mm Mm-hmm. So Eisenhower's team tried to pin the murder on Keepers, but the prosecution also presented evidence that Eisenhower and Nicole had chatted online for months before her murder. Nicole's injuries didn't line up with their claims that Keepers had killed her with a shovel that had her fingerprints on it. So there was the shovel that they bought at Walmart. They did they did find a shovel with Keepers handprint or fingerprints on it. And mm-hmm. the blanket was found in her dorm closet in Ugh. a suitcase. But... They were like, yeah, she was not killed by a shovel. And Eisenhower and Nicole had been chatting for months. So after just 90 minutes of jury deliberation, Natalie Keepers was found guilty of accessory before the fact of first-degree murder and was sentenced to 40 years in prison. David Eisenhower pled no contest to first-degree murder and was sentenced to 75 years in prison, but the judge suspended the last 25 so he'll spend 50 years in prison, followed what? by 20 years probation. Yeah, Sadie. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Wow. How the fuck did that That's... kid only get 10 more years than his accomplice? Wow. Yeah. 
quote, Nicole's father, David Lovell, said he's been diagnosed with severe depression and post-traumatic stress disorder since his daughter's death. There's nothing that will happen in this courtroom that will fix it, he said. Her mother, Tammy Weeks Dowdy, said everything she sees reminds her of her daughter. Quote, I go to bed every night hoping it was a nightmare. Outside the courtroom, she told the news that the proceedings did not give her closure. I'm just numb right now. It's not real, she said. <laughs> Nicole Lovell's grandfather said he still visits her grave every day. I'm upside down, can't eat, he said, crying and taking a pause. We don't eat, we don't sleep. <laughs> he said he can still see her bus stop near his house and it lets children off every day. Nicole's mother, Tammy, maintains the voices for Nicole Facebook page, which we will link in our show notes, and she continues to celebrate birthdays and milestones and posts regularly to keep Nicole's memory alive. Quote, the executive director of outreach for the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children said her group has seen an increase of cases involving child predators on messaging apps. Mm -hmm. Overall, she said the group received 4.4 million tips about child pornography, luring, molestation, trafficking, and other types of abuse online in 2015, a vast increase from the 1.1 million reports the year before. When I was watching the terrible 48 hours that led me to this case that I abandoned, part of the reason I abandoned it was because they took a hard right into this random other case about a predator. But I am going to talk about it because it's kind of amazing. Yeah. I didn't want to jump off of Nicole's case, but I do have a little mini case tacked onto this. Nobody dies in this case. But just to talk about Nicole for a second, before I jump into this other random case that got shoehorned into Nicole's story <laughs> that I watched when there's plenty to talk about, about Nicole's right? case. But yeah, I, uh, I think that this fucking Eisenhower kid was just a predator. I think yeah. he just was a predator. He wanted to hurt people. And he found a little girl who really wanted love, who had a rocky relationship with her father who if you watch interviews with her father buckle up and prepared to have your heart shattered into 20 trillion pieces oh it'll make me cry like you've never seen a man that has <sighs> so much regret <sighs> Ugh. yep God, he grew up so too much. late to save his daughter he yeah. just had his own demons and he made a bunch of terrible choices and then by the time he was ready to be a dad his daughter was killed by some random fucking brat like oh, what God. how does that happen yeah so oh, man i don't think people need to micromanage their children or helicopter their children but i think if if Nicole's social media had been even a little bit better monitored, mm -hmm. it could have been avoided. Not mm -hmm. at all to blame her family no. or her, but she was crying out for help and she was using social media to do it. And she's obviously going dark places on social media. Yeah. And it's just so easy to find those kids. It takes two seconds, you know? Yeah. And predators know what to look for. We've talked about it. In other episodes too, but I think that it really is, especially for our generation, yeah. elder millennials, when we didn't grow up with nope. social media. And by the time Facebook came about when we were in our 20s yep. and we had the early internet and chat rooms and stuff, but it was totally different. Yeah. Felt pretty harmless, even though harm was being done pretty much right yeah. away. 
But I think that we have had to catch up with the understanding that this is a real threat for lots of reasons to kids. Totally. I've been seeing a lot of TikToks and discussions about how how to set that up for kids because it's something that I plan to wait as long as I can to give my children access to phones yeah. and social media. You have to go into it with a contract. Like, this is my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you use it, but I have full access right. to it. This is not a diary. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't a private space. This is a public space and I will right. check it. And so just setting that up ahead of time so you're not breaking confidence. Mm-hmm. You're, they understand that you own it mm-hmm. and it's yours and you will let them use it. And if it's not used appropriately, right. then they can't have it right. or whatever that looks like. And I, it makes sense to me. You wouldn't give your kid something else dangerous. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't drive your child and drop them off at like a sex club, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, I, think exactly. I think you'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, it's one thing if kids are like, Right. Who wants to talk about Minecraft? It's another thing if they're having private conversations with strangers. It's just, it just is. Yeah. And we would not be yeah. allowed to have private conversations with strangers in person. And so we shouldn't be allowed right. to have conversations with strangers online without supervision, period. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest shift is just understanding it better and knowing that it's a real mm-hmm. issue. We have to be careful for our children. We don't understand all the ramifications. Right especially if we didn't grow up with it ourselves. But we really, it's our duty to keep them safe online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's just like anything else with parenting. I I appreciated my independence and my autonomy. It's just something, it's a huge part of my personality. I've never been able to be told what to do. But we had parents Mm -hmm. who talked to us very openly about things like sex and drugs and, you, Mm -hmm. you know, adult, mature decisions that were going to have to be made eventually. And I do think that that really helped me navigate those things once I got to those things. Absolutely. And I made some very stupid decisions throughout my life, but they were always grounded in some sort of logic and some sort of, Mm -hmm. I was prepared at least, you know, I knew I was what I was getting myself into. So I wasn't just completely caught off guard when I was making those choices, I was making those choices for myself, not because I was panicking in the moment. Yeah. Or not even understanding what's happening. That's what I think about a lot with my kids is not wanting to teach them too much too Mm -hmm. soon, but wanting to make sure that they have an understanding of what is happening in the world before they're in the middle of something dangerous or questionable. Uh, like I remember playing it cool as a kid and be like, oh yeah, I totally know about blood <laughs> yes. or whatever, you know, like having not, no idea what that meant or, and not that I'm sitting my kids down, like, but I, I do say to them all the time, if you hear words you mm-hmm. don't know, you don't understand, they're talking about things you don't understand. I am the person you can always yep. come to and ask yep. questions. I, we can, it might feel embarrassing or weird, mm-hmm. but you can, I would love to help you understand the world and give you accurate information. And um, so I I think we have to do the same with social media and making sure they understand that there are benefits and risks and um, that we are ultimately the ones until they're adults and can make choices that that we have to help them navigate that world. Yeah, I'm here to be Aunt Jackie. I got your back. Tell them. Exactly. If if it's too weird for mom, it's just weird enough Mm -hmm. for Auntie Court, Auntie Laura even, two steps removed. Yep. So real quick, one more quick story, because this story is amazing. 
You guys, this episode was sponsored by our best friend forever, HelloFresh. From the beginning, we've loved HelloFresh. Mm-hmm. And what is HelloFresh, you ask? Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit and the number one meal kit of the ex-sisters' houses. (laughs) That's the truth. Does it seem like your family is hungry, like, all the time? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Add snacks, sides, and more to your weekly HelloFresh order. Just simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 add-on items. Yeah, that thing is awesome. It really is. The key to dinnertime success? Variety! HelloFresh keeps your taste buds on their toes with 40 chef-crafted recipes to select from every week. From family-friendly to fit and wholesome, you'll always have a new and exciting recipe to try and love. Mm, Which is I just the tried truth. It is. I just tried a pasta dish and they added herb butter to add yeah, to the yeah, sauce. And yeah. I lost my mind. It yes. was so good. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They make it so savory and so satisfying. Those little details are what make the food really delicious and really stand out for me. And I like I've said before, I've learned a thing or two about how to just bump it up a notch to mm-hmm. make food more savory, more delicious. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50theywill and use code 50theywill for 50% off plus free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash 50theywill and use code 50theywill for 50% off, 50% off plus free shipping. We've been saying it from the beginning. We will say it until our faces fall off. We love HelloFresh. It is easy, it is fun, it is delicious, it will make your life better, we promise. Mm-hmm. This story occurs in Spokane, Washington, where Brandy and Brandon Sirachin lived with their four children and had a pretty idyllic life. Brandy worked at the local church and Brandon was studying to get his PhD in psychology. They were a very close and very religious family who were pretty strict in the ways they raised their children. Little did they know their 15-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, had found a way to navigate around their strict rules by using online apps and dating sites. Brandy and Brandon had noticed a change in their daughter's behavior as she became distracted, less interested in participating in activities with the rest of the family, and would go to bed earlier than usual and even lost interest in her friends. Eventually, her parents had enough, confiscated her phone, and told her to give them access to her social media accounts, which she refused to do. Then one night soon after, Elizabeth's best friend's mother called them to report that she'd learned that Elizabeth had been dating a 30-year-old online. (sighs) And that Elizabeth and this man had made plans for him to visit her at 1 a.m. that very night. Oh, my she's God. She's 15, and she's dating a 30-year-old. Thank God for Thank that mom, for the friend that told the mom. God. So her parents confronted Elizabeth, who was furious that they'd learned of her plans, but she relented in giving her parents her passwords, and they found the name of her online boyfriend, Jason Richards, who was a divorced coffee distributor who lived nearby in nearby Seattle. 
blood. Richards and Elizabeth had been exchanging romantic messages for some time after Elizabeth told him that she was 18, but later admitted that she was only 15. Her parents were even more devastated to learn that Elizabeth and Richards had already met in person, had sex during that meeting, and had been making plans to leave the country together. Oh my God. Elizabeth's parents locked her in her room without internet access and called the authorities to report that a 30-year-old man was on his way to kidnap their daughter. They were informed that there was nothing police could do without evidence of an actual crime. You are kidding me. No. So for the next seven hours, Brandy, Elizabeth's mother, flirted and sexted with her 15-year-old daughter's 30-year-old boyfriend. To ensure he'd follow through with his plan to drive to their home. Can you imagine? No. No. Meanwhile, Brandon gathered his friends to post up in the alleyway behind their house to ambush the creep when he finally (laughs) arrived. So I do not, I am not like, I got my shotgun. If you're going to date my daughter, you're going to meet my shotgun first. Not not down with that. But this... Yeah. Is different. <laughs> yeah. And what did the police expect to happen? They're not going to step in and help. You're going to get your mob together. Yes. And kick and if, this guy's ass. So if I found out that some fucking creep was coming to prey upon one of my nephews or any child, for that matter. Yeah. You better believe I'm figuring out how to get a posse together to ambush him in the alleyway. Yeah. One of Brandon's friends had been trained in special forces and showed up with his 12-gauge shotgun for the ambush. Oh, my God. Again, you know, I'm not a gun owner. Don't don't love guns. Don't believe in it. Don't like it. But if I had a friend who was trained in special forces, I'm calling him for the posse. I'm calling anybody who's got a black belt, maybe yellow belt, brown belt. I'm calling everybody. Yes. We're posseing up and we're posting up in the alleyway and it's going to get fucking weird. Mm-hmm. So Richards showed up to meet Elizabeth at 3 a.m. And as he pulled into the alleyway behind her home, Brandon and all of his friends pulled their vehicles in around him to block him in. And a special forces friend approached the front of his car with the shotgun drawn. Oh, my God. They held Richards in place in his car until the police arrived to arrest him. Good for them. I know. Richard said that he and Elizabeth had fallen in love very quickly and that he had no idea she was 15 until one of the arresting officers told him so. You're a fucking liar. Yep. The detective asked for access to his Facebook account to confirm his claim, which he granted her, and she found hundreds of messages between the two of them, including one where Elizabeth said, quote, I'm 15, not 16. I told you 16 because I didn't want to shock you too much at first. And honestly, I seriously thought you'd call it off with me, but I felt dumb telling you I was not 16. Mm-mm. She'd also claimed to be adopted so he couldn't find her parents and contact them. Even after he was confronted with the information that he'd clearly known about her age all along, he said, quote, I fell in love with her and I didn't know what to do. Oh my God. You're not, oh my God. Not only that, Sadie. When they'd met, Elizabeth had told her parents she was going jogging, but instead met Richards in a parking lot and went to a hotel with him. Once they were at the hotel, he asked her to marry him. No, he didn't. And she said yes. No. No. He'd visited her several times after that, and they'd had sex each time. Ugh, God. Richards pled guilty to rape of a minor and was sentenced to three years in prison. Ugh. 
He was released in 2017. How the fuck that is not attempted kidnapping? I. Uh-huh. That is that is many year sentence. That is lots and lots of years. Yeah. What you, what state were they in? Washington. Okay. And uh, the age of consent isn't fifteen. No. <laughs> so she's three a little years? child. Three years. Three wow. years for rape of a minor. Mm 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 mm. Yeah. No. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And he's out. Okay. He's out there. He's just out there selling coffee and raping little miners. Great. Great. Yep. Uh, what is so, wrong with this country, the world? <sighs> wow. So anyway, there you go, guys. It's a problem. Yeah, it is. Creeps are a problem. Yeah, they are. <laughs> wow. I know. Love Again, my kids in their bedroom no. forever and ever. Amen. Which is not the point of this, but but definitely just talk to your children. Talk to your children. Yep. Talk to them. Yep. They're going to make their own decisions. The world is going to happen to them no matter what. But if you talk to them and give them a little bit of confidence and a safe place to land, nine times out of ten, they will land in that safe place. Yep. So... I am so oh my goodness. unbelievably sorry for Nicole's family. Yeah. Yeah. So God. much. It's, it's yeah. so senseless. It's so sad and so fucking senseless that, that so many people go looking for love and end up hurt, broken, dead. Yeah. That is not, that is not acceptable. Nope. Um, well, they're the end. The end. I know, I know, I know. Tell us, everyone. I know we've got listeners with older kids. How did you navigate social media? What did you do? Feel like in hindsight, it went well. What do you wish you'd done yeah. differently? I think information sharing and um, sharing experience is important for people who are like me on the verge of making those choices for our kids. Yeah. The yeah, we've we had know, the the better off. We've had some parents to share some heinous stuff with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one mother whose child was relentlessly bullied by an adult, like that story that we told. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Anyway, yeah. Please do yeah. tell. If there's anything that you found that works that we can share, please pass it along because it takes a village, y'all. It takes a freaking mm-hmm. village. Mm-hmm. And I will happily be your aunt Jackie, and I will happily <laughs> round up a posse. <laughs> Totally. And surround 100%. You know, any day of the week. Yep. I will not have a gun, but I will have a tactical whip. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 
<laughs> we didn't tell the main feed about the tactical whip, but I did buy a tactical whip. It's my weapon of choice. <laughs> if you don't know what a tactical whip is, go on TikTok, type in tactical whip, and you'll probably buy a tactical whip. Yeah, because. you can join our Patreon. And Courtney, I don't know if you posted it for everyone to see or not, but... Uh, I think it's Patreon only. There's a, a video yeah. of me um, showing my tactical whip. So go, go go pay some dollars to see that video. <laughs> no, it's a shocking word to hear, tactical whip. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I brought it out um, on my birthday. Had a couple friends over for drinks and brought out the tactical whip. And everyone sold on the tactical whip. It just seems like the most reasonable of all the self-defense tools out there. Non-lethal mm-hmm. self-defense mm-hmm. tools. It's, yeah, it seems um, effective and terrifying. Very effective, yeah. Um, for the person you're, you're going to defend yourself from yep and of yeah. all the self-defense tools it, it it seems less likely not impossible by any stretch but less likely it would be used against like taken and taken and used against mm-hmm. you because you can stay far enough away from a person to get a couple real good hard wax in mm-hmm. before they'd be able to uh get a hold of you so surprised to be like whoa whoa yeah 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 whipping out of here He's also get to whip <laughs> It's short. It's not like a, not like a Indiana Jones. It's like a, you know, maybe yeah. a foot and a half long. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, should we do a little couple names and then a couple yes. shouty outies and then let you people go back to your lives and monitoring your children's social media? <laughs> you know, responsibly, not in a micromanaging way that turns mm-hmm. them into people who lie to you. Because that's the right. other side of the, the coin. flip side of it. Yep. Well, we're going to start off strong this week with uh, Michael Pankake. <laughs> Pankake. That is the that is the Italian version of Cindy Pancake. Pankake. <laughs> Michael Pankake. Thank you for that, listener. You know us too well. Dr. Payne was a pediatrician in the 90s in Dallas. I feel like we might have gotten Dr. Payne before, but Julia we bringing won't. him back. Yep. Always here for mm-hmm. Dr. Payne. There was also the family feud killer from February 2023. Is um, This was a suggestion for a case, but Tim Bleefnik. It was just such a good <laughs> last name. Wow. Bleefnik. Yeah. Um, I'm still working on this freaking short film that I started in June, and I had to bring a bunch of extras back to do some pickup shots. And one of their names was Kathleen W. Ham. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being in my movie, Kathleen W. Ham. <laughs> Somehow adding your middle initial made it even cuter. <laughs> uh, we have definitely gotten this one again, but anytime Kitchen Dick Road gets suggested, I'm mm. going to bring up Kitchen Dick Road. Yes. Like, what does that even mean? I don't, um, uh, don't, what's Dick originally? Like, what was it used for? No, I don't mm. know. Like, Dyke mm. is a damn Dick right. is a... Dick is a detective. <laughs> right? Yeah. Kitchen detective. Kitchen road. detective. Is that what yeah. it stands yes, for? <laughs> uh, Quaker cartridges. Quaker. Oh, Quaker. Yeah. <laughs> like printer cartridges? I, get, I don't know. Somebody just sent a picture of a label that they were sending or receiving from Quaker cartridges. It's in the UK and I looked <laughs> it up and I don't think it's printer cartridges. It was some other, I don't know what for, but Quaker. Yeah. My like could be reborn with the last name Quaker, I would be so happy. Uh-huh. Yes. Titanic. Ah! Uh-huh. <laughs> I hope that was on purpose. <laughs> That's 
That's so funny. Um, Key West Fire Chief Bum Farto, which I also think we might have gotten before, but <laughs> send me Bum me. Farto. Amen. I'm going to bring up Bum Farto. Um, uh, an actor on an old episode of Law and Order is named Bernie McErnie. Oh. <laughs> Last but not least, the last name, Mick Junkin. This is real life. The world is a beautiful place. It is a horrible place full of predators and creeps and evil people. And also people with the last name Mick Junkin (laughs) and Ham (laughs) and Bernie McErnie. Dick Kitchen. Dick Kitchen. And Bump Fardo. It's a beautiful. Uh, it is a beautiful place. Thank you for reminding us every week of what a beautiful place it is. You know who else is beautiful? My Patreon supporters. Yeah, yeah dude. The most beautiful. You can also get a shouty outie. We have hit February officially. <laughs> Back. <laughs> oh my February. god, we're gonna lap ourselves pretty soon. No, I know. We're trying our best. We're keeping up. Thank you for your patience. We love you. But come on over. There's 160 episodes over there. Over 160. Oh, my God. Um, full ass episodes. So you yeah. need more. They will kill. We got uh, so much more for you. So <laughs> much more. And yeah. Thank you for your patience. But I refuse to rush the shouty outies. Yeah, it just feels absolutely. like a terrible thing to do to somebody. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, let's just long. get one more in. And then you get the crap yeah. one. Not right. that all of them are gold, but at least I'm yeah. putting my whole Trying. self into them. Yes. Totally. Yes. Well, let's thank you. Let's thank you so much. You're welcome. You're also welcome. Jordan Z. Oh, I love a name that ends with Z because it reminds me of Zip and Zap and Zowie. Jordan, <laughs> you are so powerful. You put out your hands and the Zs shoot out. Not the sleepy kind, but the kind that make us scream and shout for Jordan. <laughs> Get the shoot it, snap it, chop it, and flip it. Roundhouse kick and back again. Jordan is the one that everyone runs to. Jordan is the one that tells us about Jordan is the one that we all love and is going to take us to the next level. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> I really hope you were replay that and do a montage of exercises while you listen to it and use I'm it every morning to. to get pumped yeah kicking and doing stuff and these and whatnot <laughs> da, da, do 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 it's gonna Taking play in my head to the next level <laughs> uh, thank you so much to lex oh lex oh god i love the name lex <laughs> yeah <laughs> everyone needs to collect themselves and let me tell you about lex everyone needs to relax and listen to the story about lex everyone needs to reflect on what it is that matters in life and if you think back to everything that you cherish i promise that you will not think of your roblox collection <laughs> but instead you will think reflexively about the fact that 
if you were to break it down, the name Lex, it would be L stands for love, obviously, naturally, mm-hmm. and lovely, simultaneously. E stands for egregiously, massively, hopelessly, endlessly charming. And X, what does X stand for? Well, X for me represents the unknowable, the unattainable, the indescribable. It's a symbol more than it is a letter. It is the place where things converge. It's the spot that you've been looking for. It's the beginning, it's the end, and it's certainly the middle. It's the journey as much as it is the destination, as is Lex. So let us reflect (laughs) and remember what it all means. What does it mean, my darlings? Just ask Lex. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lex! Thank you so much! Last but certainly not least, thank you so much to Lane P. Oh my God, why are you coming up at me with all these cute, beautiful names this week? Hey, they're coming at us. I didn't make them up. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> what if I was? Lane. Oh, I love the name Lane. Lane makes me think immediately of like Nantucket. <laughs> Lane <laughs> is. Like if you had to think of the nicest way to say road, it's lane. And mm-hmm. it's it's uh, on an incline, you know, like it's yep. it's it's paved or cobblestoned or mm-hmm. dirt in a cute way with mm-hmm. tall grasses on either side. Lane is Wild like flowers. Yes. Lane is sea breeze, sweet air. Lane is casual sophistication lane is effortlessly chic lane is kind but assertive in a way that you want to be around because you're going to be comfortable but stimulated at the same time Mm -hmm. challenged inspired included Mm. (laughs) the food is gonna be good did you hear that (laughs) Is that your belly growling, growling so, for Lane? Yes, yes. Because you knew I was about to talk about fresh, fresh baked bread and fucking farm fresh preserves. Because yes. that is Lane. Lane is Lane is that p- perfect place where everything is just right. That is Lane. It mm. is contented but excited. It's the it's like the very few moments we get in life that you are. So happy and comfortable, but also electrified and inspired mm. and and like learning, engaging. You're like, oh, I could be Lane. This is what I want my life to look like. So good job, Lane. Love God, that. bless America. God. Had you had it to do over again, you would be forced to have a child named Lane because that is a really beautiful name. Yeah. Boy really or girl is. or non-binary. Yeah. Yeah, anybody works for all of us. All of us. You all work for all of us. You work for me especially, but you all work. You are doing it. You are killing it. You are mm-hmm. giving us life. We love you mm-hmm. so freaking much. I'm not, I'm sincerely, when I say that it is so sincere. Me too. Life is hard and we are having a hard time. And when you all show up in our DMs and our birthday posts, all of those things, it's like, I don't know. It just feels so selfish. I feel so mm-hmm. lucky that I get these little like 
bursts of, of, of encouragement all day, every day. And it's always right when we need it. It is. It really, really is. So thank you so much for being here. We will show up for you just like you show up for us. Yeah. And we love you very much. We love you so very much. And we did already have someone ask us to help them stock their <gasps> yes X and I did you did I, I did yeah I did oh. Mm-hmm. oh I need to get in there yeah well listener if you're listening mm, you're a babe and you dodged a bullet <laughs> so <laughs> that is a, that is sincere that is sincere I would yeah. not say something I did not sincerely mean especially when ma- dealing with matters of the heart and break and heartbreak <laughs> But yeah, this, it's all uphill from here for you, love. Don't even sweat that for a second. I mean, do, because mm-hmm. it's devastating, but process it and then move the fuck on because you are better mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And we hope the, all, the same for all of you and we love you. And if you need us, we are here for you. If you want to <laughs> spend more time with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, but they will kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can always email, email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Go on Reddit, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. If people, do people still go to Twitter? Yes. Uh, talk about us. Recommend us to your friends. Rate, Please. review, and subscribe to us so That's that you don't huge. ever miss an episode because God forbid. Yep. And thank you, AJ Bergans, for your music. Thank you so much. I love you for it. Very much. And remember... Talk to your kids. Talk to each other. Yeah. We have to communicate more. Be curious. Be open. Mm-hmm. Be, be, be brave and be open. Yes. And your kids will trust you and your friends will trust you and they will talk to you when they are hurting rather than making poor choices for themselves and other people. Yes, it's so true. I've been so active in my parenting with my oldest lately, and it's paying off as far as just really trying to create a safe space. And I'm not perfect, and I get frustrated, and I say shitty things to him, and I regret a lot. But I think just that little bit of effort or or apologizing, and it's working. He comes to me, and he chooses to come to me, and it's the best it's so rewarding to know that I'm doing my very best to create a safe space. And so I think just do the little things for your kids. Do the best you can and don't beat yourself up when you make mistakes. Yeah. This is hard. Parenting is hard. It's hard. It's impossible as it turns out. It's actually impossible. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.